are hosting another Makers of Minnesota dinner at the Lexington in St. Paul. Not only will you be front and center with some of the best Minnesota makers in the Twin Cities, but you will be treated to a three-course dinner compliments of Chef Nick from the Lexington, who will be using the featured maker's ingredients in all the courses he's making for this special event. Our October dinner is Tuesday, October 25th, and our featured makers are so fun, including Milk and Honey Ciders, who's making beautiful ciders at their orchard in St. Joseph, Three Bear Oats, who specialize in grain bowls full of delicious goodness. Also on deck is Taking Stock Foods. They've got these organic bone broths that taste amazing and are so good for you. As well as Olive Oil on Tap, who has formulations of specialty oils and vinegars that are out of this world. And speaking of out of this world is Mrs. Kelly's Tea. Mindy Kelly is truly a savant at blending the most beautiful, flavorful, aromatic teas, and she's been doing it for years in Northeast Minneapolis. I can't wait for you to meet her. I'm so excited to see how Chef Nick will use all these ingredients in this multi-course menu. We'll have a limited number of tickets for this special dinner, and when they're gone, they're gone. So go to thelexmn.com and sign up via Eventbrite for the Makers of Minnesota dinner. Get your tickets now at thelexmn.com and watch for details on our November 29th dinner, where Chef Nick will be cooking the book, the True North Cabin Cookbook, just in time for the holidays. So go to thelexmn.com to get tickets and sign up for my free newsletter so you're always in the know about any events I'm excited about or hosting at stephaniesdish.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I am here today with Steph Fleiss, and she is the founder of City Mom Collective. And we do talk to service businesses. And um, when I think about makers, I think about, you know, founders, and I think about entrepreneurs. And I'm so glad that we get to talk about moms and mom entrepreneurs, because a lot of moms start businesses when their kids are small and they're at home and they're thinking about other things that are work-related, not just kid-related. And Steph, I'm glad to have you on the program today. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, well, thank you for having me here. How did it start, City Mom Collective? Yeah, so uh, after my first daughter was born in uh, 2009, I was desperate to find a community of moms that uh, we could share tips and tricks and encouragement for one another. And at that time, it's hard to imagine, but blogging was not really a thing. Like people, that that's a very normal vernacular now. Uh, Instagram wasn't even around at that time. And so uh, I had a friend that had said, hey, I think should start a blog. And so we jumped into that uh, really with no knowledge of what it was going to become or what work it was going to take to get it started. But we launched 2010. Uh, and shortly after that, uh, so many moms across the country wanting to do something similar. And so uh, we launched a City Moms Blog Network uh, shortly after in 2012 and have just quickly grown uh, to be a network of now currently 75 hyper-local sister sites, and we have since rebranded to City Mom Collective as well. So tell me about, like right away, did you know that this could be something you could replicate? 
you know, no. Uh, however, when people reached out to me, I was working for a nonprofit and one that centered around intellectual property. And so when people reached out to me, I was like, yes, I'd love to teach you how to do that, but I'm pretty sure that's our intellectual property and it's worth something. And so we just started to build and morph this business that really had no blueprint at all. Uh, But we knew that the need for moms to feel connected and supported was universal, like across the country, across the world. And so it was replicable. It just was, we had no idea what it was going to become. Certainly now, over 10 years later. So did you go into it like with a franchise model or how did you figure out what it was supposed to be and how it could become? Yeah, that's a great question. So we are actually a licensing company, not a franchise. Um, Most people are much more familiar with franchises just because it's more mainstream. Uh, But the main difference is that I always knew that I wanted to give all pretty much primary control over to our local sister site owners. And so that meant that we do have some restrictions and licensing requirements for our site owners to make sure that our brand is upheld in each of the cities and communities that we're in. But I knew, like, I don't want to micromanage these business owners. They are moms that know what works for their communities and their families. And so we moved for we moved forward with the licensing model as opposed to a franchise. And how does something like that work? So someone pays you a licensing fee, is it monthly or yearly? And then they get access to the brand. And do you give them coaching too on how to start sites? And do you host and do you tell them how to sell advertising? And yeah, yeah. So when a licensee gets started with us, they have a startup fee that they pay. uh, And what that does is it allows them, our team builds their website for them. So most of these moms are coming in and they're entrepreneurial minded. They love their communities, but they don't have the technical expertise to build a website and know exactly like how to start selling on their website. And so we build their website for them. We give them a graphics package and they do go through a usually about 10 to 12 week coaching process with us where we're saying, this is what we have found that has worked well for our network of sister sites. And then they're really free to manage their business from then on out. Now they do pay us a monthly due, our monthly membership fee. And what that gets them is web hosting, ongoing continuing education support. We manage their emails. Really, we're trying to say, what are the pain points for you as a business owner? We want to take them on those on for you so that you can be free to do what you do best, which is largely build community online and through offline events as well. Is there a point at which like maybe a mom ages out? Like, is this something that they do when their kids are like zero to seven and then they move on to something else? Or do you have people that have been with you the whole time? We have had people that have been with us the whole time now. Uh, now, there is some transition as moms move uh, locations. That's just a natural change. Other times, just seasons of life change for people, and this business isn't a great fit for them going forward. In that case, uh, our licensees do sell their license to another site owner uh, that continues with the torch uh, and the work that they're doing. But I will say that there is a really unique time when moms have kids between zero and 10, that they are really 
looking for community. And it doesn't mean that it's not important thereafter. uh, But those young years, I think, can be so isolating for a lot of young moms. And so we do find that that is definitely our target market when it comes to uh, people coming to our websites and our social media channels. And the social media aspects, has that enhanced the business? Because blogging, you have to like literally go on a website. Social media is more served up to you. Tell me how that has transitioned or changed the product. Yeah, well, social media is a huge part of how we interact with our communities. Now, the algorithms uh, of social media have changed a lot in the past 10 years. And so we are constantly working with a moving target to try to get our resources in the hands and in front of, to your point, served up to the right moms. And so uh, our blogging content will always be kind of a pillar part of what we do because directing people to that content that is written by local moms for local moms is so necessary. But we also know that not everyone are going to websites uh, for content like that. And so taking, for example, taking a blog post about maybe the top five apple orchards in this city, creating an Instagram reel with that same content and also directing people to check out their website for more information. It's really utilizing that same content in multiple different ways to make sure that people are getting what they're looking for, even if it's not totally served up to them the way that they, you know, it once was. <laughs> it's funny to think about that you started as like a mom who was looking for community and resources. And at the end of the day, you're definitely now, I would say, a content creator. Yeah, no, and that's what all of our sister sites are doing. Now, I will say that um, in full disclosure, I am not creating as much content as my team are. Uh, I am largely doing vision casting and leadership and managing my team and our network. But uh, yes, we are definitely content creators. And Truthfully, we were at the forefront of what is now an influencer industry and a very new kind of way of marketing that businesses are very aggressively using uh, to get their products and services in in front of moms. So if someone comes to, let's say, a mom um, site, a city mom site in uh, Minneapolis, and they want to promote their um, chicken brand. Yeah, they can, I'm assuming, engage on the local level with your collective. Absolutely. Yes. So our local to the Twin Cities site is Twin Cities Mom Collective, and they are active and doing an incredible job for the Twin Cities area. And so if there's a business that is looking to promote to moms, uh, moms are primary decision decision makers when it comes to buying in the homes. And so there's very few businesses out there that I wouldn't say it would be a great fit for advertising on Twin Cities Mom Collective. But yeah, you would follow them on social media, contact them on their website and work with them locally. Uh, now we do on a national level, any brands that are working to reach moms in specific communities, maybe more than five communities that we serve, uh, we have a national sales team that makes that very easy for you to be able to purchase multiple placements on multiple of our sister sites. One of the things that has changed with marketing is in the day, it was a lot of men that people Mm -hmm. thought drove big purchasing decisions like cars and vacations. And now And maybe always, it's like so clearly the moms that make those decisions. Have you found that has changed? 
No, I, I mean, I have always felt like that's the case, uh, for sure. And so that, to your point, I mean, that is a huge uh, benefit in working with our sister sites is saying like, hey, if you have a local business, and you are looking to reach local moms, this is the space that you should have a line item on your marketing budget for because we can guarantee you're reaching local moms uh, through these various platforms. And generally, like, let's say from a posting standpoint, the industry norm is sort of like um, anywhere from $100 per 10,000 viewers or, or followers, technically. Are you guys in the same similar vein in terms of pricing? Yeah. And, you know, because our sites are independently owned and operated, uh, I do not have like great tabs on exactly what our sites are charging. Uh, But that generally speaking, they are within industry standards. Uh, They might be a little higher, honestly, Um, just just because the target market is a guarantee, uh, which is a huge part of marketing is ensuring that whatever is getting out there is going to your target market. Yeah. And I think niche marketing, generally, you can charge a little bit more. And you guys must have like email newsletters and all kinds of ways to access content. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So through email newsletters, social media, our website content, uh, many of our sites actually plan local events as well. And so the in-person opportunities to network with moms is huge. We've got a lot of uh, holiday events coming up. uh, That is a really strategic way for a business that having face-to-face interaction with moms is advantageous is a great way to uh, boost marketing uh, across the board. So if you are someone that wants to get involved, what is the best way? Is it like to start, do you join a Facebook? Do you go to the website? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, especially for Twin Cities area area parents, uh, which I'm sure that's a large majority of your listeners, uh, definitely go to TwinCitiesMom.com, check out their website, uh, check out their social media accounts. Again, it's Twin Cities Mom Collective. They have a newsletter you can sign up for. That's probably the best one-stop shop to make sure you're not missing anything that they are posting. Uh, But that's the best spot to find uh, the local Twin Cities information. Uh, If you are interested, interested in following us on a national level, we are at momcollective.com and you can find us on social media at City Mom Collective as well. Well, thanks, Steph. It's really been fun chatting with you and hearing more about what you're doing for moms. The community changed a lot during COVID, I imagine. And did that drive more people to you guys? Oh, for sure. I mean, we saw a spike in engagement across the board, especially as we pivoted our businesses to try to really fill a need uh, that moms were having. Uh, But we also were juggling a lot more new complexities when it came to owning our own business as site owners, but then also having our little ones under our care full time uh, and helping with virtual school. So it it was definitely a tricky season for so many people, uh, certainly our network was not, uh, was included in that as well. I really felt like during that time, being a mom of a young child or a parent of a young child was perhaps the hardest thing that happened during the pandemic Mm -hmm. because, you know, women that had babies, the kids didn't get socialized at all. Mm -hmm. Women that had smaller kids, all of a sudden you're doing homeschooling and you're trying to do your full-time jobs all remotely. Like, It just seemed like a soup that was really hard for parents in general. 
Yeah. Oh, I, even you just talking about it gives me a little bit like of a, I have some PTSD probably from it and navigating the, okay, I, mom has a quick zoom meeting. I need to get this done because this is of importance to me, but my, I have two kiddos with some learning struggles and challenges. And so they needed my full-time attention just to get through a school day and really having to navigate the complexities of, oh my goodness, I have a lot of balls that I am now juggling and this is very stressful. So no, I would definitely agree. It was a tricky season. Yeah, and I can imagine having other women that you could talk to during that particular time was really important that we're going through the same Mm -hmm. things. And are you finding just generally as we wrap up here, are you finding generally that the mom community is kind of getting more settled again? I think so. And you know, it, the past two years have been um, challenging for for so many, but across the country, it's looked different too. So that's where it has gotten challenging from a business management standpoint to say that like, well, in this state, you can't do this. In this state, you can do this just from a pure like um, state mandate level. Yeah, because uh, but- Minnesota was really shut down and Wisconsin was like completely open for the most part, like COVID what? Right, right. And so as a business owner, I do love like standards and expectations because it does help people to kind of move in the right direction. But the past two years have been all like all over the place in terms of trying to give feedback and encouragement for our sisterhood. But I would say that, you know, what we never lost is that moms and really human beings in general desire community. I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert, like you need to feel seen in a part of community. And so whether that is online or whether that is offline, I think we always continued to offer that to people, but now we're having to pivot as the world is changing again and addressing kind of what are that current need, that need didn't change, but how can we fill it in a different way now going forward? Right, right. Well, you guys seem to be doing a great job. Uh, Twin Cities Mom Collective, I know it has done a lot of great work for some folks that I work with. So thanks, Steph, for being with us today. And congratulations on creating this awesome network for moms. Thank you so much. Thanks.